Hello, everyone. It's good to see you. Real privilege to be here and to be allowed to speak today. Um, before I say anything, I think I need to pray. Lord, we just sung about the wonders of your creation. Lord, it's just so hard for us to conceive the mystery of creation, the mystery of your love, the mystery of a God who's so generous that gives and keeps on giving. Lord, we invite you, and that's a brave prayer, to touch our hearts, to change our minds, and to direct our response this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Rich has already introduced the passage, which I'm not going to get to speak too much about. King David at the end of his life. Um, I think about this a little bit like his eulogy. I've been to lots of funerals and there's no eulogies like this one. Normally we say how wonderful the person is and how much they've done. And um, yeah, and sometimes people say a lot and sometimes they say a little. I think I've told you this before, at my dad's um, funeral, I was banned from preaching because he thought I would say a lot, and he thought that nothing needed to be said. He just simply wanted to be offered to God and let him decide. Well, here we've got David writing a song, which I think is a eulogy, and you could imagine David, he did some highs and some lows, but he could have sung about how great I am, mighty warrior, wonderful musician, all sorts of different things, but instead, and it's my summary, as his eulogy, because he's just about to die. This could be his dying breath. He's teeing things up for Solomon. He desperately wanted to build a temple uh, to glorify the Lord. He wasn't allowed to do it. Solomon was going to do it. David um, had loads of money, so he put some in, and the people followed. They were inspired to do this. And during this time, my summary of what was said Familiar to us Anglicans that have been doing this for a long time. Yours, Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the splendor, and the majesty. Everything in heaven and on earth is yours. All things come from you, and of your own do we give you. When you consider the greatness, the glory, the wonder of God, what does it do to your heart? What inspires you? Maybe if we had a clear night, we could look to the stars. Maybe we could have a walk in our local community and look at the flowers and the trees and the animals. Maybe we can listen to some beautiful music. Maybe, just maybe, when we're in worship, we're captured by the glory and the wonder of our amazing God. I can remember as a child, dad was a vicar, really sad. But I had to be in the choir. You know, they dress people up in sort of funny ways, robes and a little rough. 
I hated it. In order to get out of that, I decided that I wanted to be a server. I should have been paying attention. It didn't get any better. One of the jobs that I got to do, we used to have an offertory that used to come forward. And uh, the collection should, used to go round. I'm going to put this down just for a few moments. Anyone seen any of these? How did you feel when these were handed to you? Push it. I saw that. That was very, very quick pass. It was, it's, almost, it's almost like a hospital pass, isn't it? You can't get rid of it quick enough. Have I got any money in my pockets to give? It's really, really embarrassing. And everyone's looking at me. Sometimes out of guilt, we can put this back in and this back in. We did give. My mum was really kind because we didn't, I didn't have any money, really. But you used to have a few coins that you, should, you could give. It's really embarrassing. It's all right with the cloth things. But if it rattles... People know if you've given one or two or three coins. But you know what? That doesn't really matter because God knows whether we give back to him generously or not. I'll have to clear that up a little bit later. But they used to come forward, and it was my job to turn around and give the plate to my dad. And he used to say, yours, Lord, is the greatness, the glory, the splendor, the majesty. For everything in heaven and on earth is yours. All things come from you. And of your own do we give you. Before rushing on and thinking about Vision 2022, I think it's just worth underlining the real vision that we need our focus on a God who gives and keeps on giving, and um, maybe what our response is. The real vision we need is not so much what we can do for God, but what he's done for us. And maybe our primary vision, our primary vision before anything else, is to be captivated in wonder about who God is. And I think if we get that, we won't go too far wrong. Last week, um, I invited um, people uh, to reflect on this and on, on Jesus and fixing our eyes on him. It's the same principle. Um, how to, now to the Holy Trinity 
Claygate Vision 22, our purpose, as many of you know, is to encounter, celebrate, and share God's transforming love. It's about encountering a generous God. This points to a God of creation who gives and keeps on giving and invites us to do the same. Um, Yours, Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the splendor, and the majesty. Everything on heaven and on earth is yours. All things come from you, and of your own do we give you. It's a God of all things who invites you and me to give ourselves, our souls and bodies as living sacrifices to him in worship and thanksgiving. It's about celebrating a generous response. I want to give thanks to so many of you and the many expressions of generosity you display which mirror the God who gives and keeps on giving. Without your generosity, the generosity of this church, um, much of what we do would have to stop. So if that's you, a massive thank you. And it's about sharing God's transforming love. And this is where our Vision 2022 comes in. It's not an exhaustive list. It's a brief summary the many things that God has called us to do. Um, Some of it is more of the same. And three words encapsulate Vision 2022, and they're on the screen. Um, It's connect, focus, and equip people of every age and stage to encounter, celebrate, and share God's transforming love. So, firstly, connect as a worshipping community where everyone is known and loved. This pandemic has accelerated the decline of many churches around this country and around the world. And the message is, if you're used to gathering in large numbers, it's to stay away. Um, Actually, that might have an impact. Some people have been waiting for us as a church to say that for years and years. I never thought you'd bother to tell me to stay. I've been waiting to run away for ages. Many of us in this church hopefully don't feel like that, and you're going to be coming back. And can we buck the trend of this decline? I think we can, and we have in many, many ways with our engagement with children and families and youth and seniors and all sorts of different ways, the involvement within our small groups. Um, In-person numbers have been down. People have chosen for sensible reasons to stay away. But I'm hoping that folks are going to come back in their droves and not just the worshippers that we had before. That's a prayer. Um, We know that we need to continue to care for one another in our grief and in our loss. There's still going to be disruptions. We haven't got it all taped. There are uncertainties, but we believe in a steadfast God who's got this. We'll encourage greater participation and openness an anticipation of God's presence in worship, in prayer, in our smaller groupings. We plan to build and celebrate the rich variety of worship that happens at this church. And um, also, the uh, live stream stuff's not going away. Not only can we do it on, on Sundays, but we've had some weddings and some funerals that folks have been able to join in from around the globe, as far as you can go, worshippers in Australia. We, if God resources, would like to continue and build on this and learn to do it better. Some churches are brilliant at it. We've still got our L plates on. In terms of midweek stuff, 
Um, we want to build on the amazing work that happens at Trinity Tots, that happens at Mums, Bumps and Babies, The Well, uh, Walk and Talk, Hymns We Love, Connections. And for those that are new to the church, um, I imagine our ability to integrate you well into church life is a little bit mixed. Some of you, praise the Lord, stick around, even with our inadequate efforts. And uh, we probably don't know the ones that have got away, actually, because it was so bad. But we want to get better at doing this sort of thing. And ideally, get all of us involved in something that God's created us to do, not just in church, but also in the world. Secondly, focus on God's mission everywhere. As a gathered and scattered community, we want to um, reinforce the teaching that all of us are called to participate with God in mission wherever we are. And that takes lots of different expressions. We'll continue uh, to develop the missional use of our buildings and grounds by creating spaces in church where people can gather, chat, and build relationships. I don't know whether you know, but there's an awful lot of lonely people out there. And there's a lot of people out there that are spiritually lost. They need places where they can be comfortable and feel safe and feel welcome. Could we do better at this during the week? God's provision through the generous legacy from Frank Atkinson has helped us to progress some of last year's vision. It felt a bit scary standing here last year and daring to have any vision when everyone just wanted to hide away and maybe not do very much. As a result, we've been able to do phase one of our work with Emmanuel Hall, the youth centre which is used for other things now. We've also um, been able to order new chairs for the church and hear this, Whatever you think about the new chairs, it will greatly help us in our ambition for this place to be missionally used seven days a week. It's safer to do, and I think they're going to be comfortable, despite what the Daily Telegraph published. We trust that God will provide the resources to complete phase two, of our works to Emmanuel Hall. Our outside spaces are precious and maybe an underutilized resource. There's already interest from a few people with the right experience, gift and passion to form a team that might advise us how to use our church grounds in a more environmentally friendly and sustainable way. It's a gift of that space. Also, maybe suggest ways that um, it can develop as a community space that could enhance people's mental and spiritual well-being. Linked with these ideas, we'd like to explore the possibility of helping connectivity within the village. Maybe, and I say maybe, it's not decided, with a path and gate from our church to the recreation ground. In prayer, we're looking for God to guide us about what to engage with, with our local community and further afield, regionally and nationally. Now, our ministry leads have got a few of them here, have got a few ideas of their own and uh, vision of their own. And I can't share that, but they've definitely all uh, got something they can share. And you'll hear a bit more about that in the weeks ahead. But a couple of things that I'm going to share. 
We feel that God's called us to increase our engagement with local schools. We also feel that God has called and maybe called, I want to be open to him calling us to support local churches. So if it's a God calling and they want us to help, I'd like us to be able to offer a little bit more help and support to them for the sake of the kingdom and not just the building of Holy Trinity Church. Um, we look to support Simon Joanne Eastwood, our mission partners, uh, remote worship with us. They, they're on Zoom for morning prayer from Yorkshire uh, every single week. They've uh, done more than 20 years supporting the Jonas Centre, leading it, and they're going to move on um, and um, do practical mission where they live, and we want to be partners with them doing that. We've already formed a team to support PIPA in the development of the work uh, for a national self-funding seniors ministry. This is like a mission partnership or possibly our relationship with Jigsaw. It's part of us, but maybe a little bit separate as well. And um, we'd like um, it to work in parallel to the things that we do with seniors and pastoral care in church. Now, people still be working most of the time with the church, but might God be calling us to do a much bigger thing through her and her ministry? Only this week, we received a gift, a generous gift of £10,000. We've still got to get the tax on this towards the fund for seniors' ministry nationally which will pay towards the time, or partly towards the time, Pippa spends doing ministry beyond Holy Trinity Church. Similar one-off gifts would be welcome for Emmanuel Hall, for well, youth outreach workers, and further strategic development of our buildings and grounds. Over a year or so ago, we received at least one gift, I think it was two of £10,000, towards staffing costs for our youth outreach worker. And £125,000 from many, many of you giving towards the Bridging the Gap appeal. Third point. Equip one another in our ever-changing world for faith-filled everyday living. This is a call to invest in discipleship, disciple-making disciples. I don't remember Jesus making a disciple that wasn't there called to help to make another one. It's like the same for us. Our primary way of doing this is through what we teach on Sundays and explore in our small groups. It can be specific training on faith-sharing, on evangelism, on creation care, prayer, prayer ministry, etc., etc. We're going to continue to provide teaching material for small groups and encourage wider participation this year in them. Beginning in January, we're going to run the Made for Good course, which is based on the SHAPE course, helping us to work out how God has made us and our passions, etc. Following this in Lent, We'll do a series on Framework for Freedom. And some of you will know about the ancient Christian practice of rule for life. It's just popping the right things in place because we can't trust ourselves to do it without the right disciplines in our lives. Why wouldn't we want to know how to do that better? And with mission in mind, we're going to study, after Easter, the book of Acts. 
If funds come in, we'd like to equip more discipleship year students for lifelong discipleship. It costs about nine grand each uh, if they have their own accommodation or if very kindly a member of the congregation puts them up. This cost was covered for both students this year, mainly through the Frank Atkinson legacy. With previous students, we drew on funds from other legacies, which were supplemented by gifts, totaling £7,500 from just two households. How do we resource God's mission at Holy Trinity Claygate? Well, it's mainly about God-inspired member giving and people tithing. And whilst one-off gifts are absolutely amazing and much to be encouraged, regular giving in small or large ways is what underpins God's work through his church. In the Old Testament, uh, there was the principle of tithing and tithing 10% of their income. This principle is still in place in good and bad times, whatever the economic forecasts or living costs, inflation or tax, it remains the same. God is a generous God and invites us to honour him with our first fruits. Applying this principle, and I've done some maths, not great at maths, but assuming an average national wage, I'm not going to say what that is, and take a little bit off and you might get a vicar's salary. If 200 vicars tithe 10% of their income, we'd get not far short of half a million pounds towards the work of this church. We're a church with 450 people on our electoral roll, and not all of you are wealthy, I know that, but I think if we live somewhere around here, some of us might be. I've been reminded of the well-worn slogan, you can tell me what supermarket says this, that every little helps. The principle behind this is a little bit like the widow's might, I suppose. She brought her everything, but it's even very small things can add up to make a huge difference. With the staff team, um, the other day I did a little bit of survey. Anyone knows how much a cup of coffee costs if you go out in Claygate? Do you, 218. Well, you don't get much change out of three quid. How about, if you went to the local pub, a glass of wine? Small glass. We're not talking large here. talking small. Well, six quid. You say six quid. National average, I think it's about £4.75. And for coffee, we've got it a little bit. I think it's quite right. What about a bottle of wine? And this was a tricky one within the staff team. It does depend what you like as a tipple, doesn't it? Do you think most of us would get a lot of change out of a, out of a four pounds, five pounds, six pounds? I think the national average is about six pounds. Um, doing the maths on beer, I think beer probably, would you get a pint of beer for four pounds fifty? Five pounds, six pounds, say it was four pounds fifty, and every single member gave one pint of beer a week towards the mission of our church. Um, I think it's something like 
86,000 pounds that we would raise. How about a bottle of wine at six quid? One bottle a week to tithe to the church. 140,000 pounds. How about a train fare that we're not doing to London? Maybe there could be 50 of us give one train fare a week because we're not doing that commute anymore. I think it's about 15 quid, is it, to get a day return? We're talking nearly 40,000 pounds. What if it's just a pound a week for 450 people? That's 23,400 pounds a year. I know that some people haven't got a lot of cash, but even when you talk to Christian against poverty, if they're dealing with Christians, one of the first things, I think I've got this right, that they counsel as part of our budget to get ourselves out of debt, don't forget God, don't forget your tithe to him. Whole life, Thanksgiving. I close with a message about baptism with a link to money and finance, our response to the God who gives and keeps on giving. Has anyone um, heard me tell the story about the Danes before and baptism? I understand this is probably apocryphal, okay, but you need to run with me here. When the, when the Danes got baptized, some of their fighting men used to get baptized with their fighting arm out of the water. Lord, you can have absolutely everything, but I reserve the right to kill whoever I choose. Baptism, I love doing baptisms. It's living the dream for me. People giving themselves to God and being baptized and sometimes we get to do full immersion baptism. Imagine if people came to our baptism pool and didn't hold their sword out of the water. How about it's their mobile phone? keys to my car or my house my wallet and my money the Lord invites us to offer our whole selves to him today I'm talking about vision and giving. And he invites us to bring our God-prompted offering to him. Now, for some of you, that's really difficult because you're not the main wage owners in your household and everything. But even our young people get pocket money and, like me, need to earn and learn at a very, very early age to give back to the God who gives 
and keeps on giving. Yours, Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the splendor and the majesty. Everything in heaven and on earth is yours. All things come from you and of your own do we give you. Amen.